0: Most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you, you, you agree? I got $5. This is a road to the left.
1: How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. <gasps>
0: My goodness. That was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance.
2: Welcome to the Week 15 Fantasy Flex Podcast presented by Picks. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, Joined, as always, by my dude, Sean Kerner. We'll have Samantha Pervidi on here in a few to talk waivers, but Sean and I will get it popping
0: with the Monday Night Showdown breakdown first. What's up, Sean? How was your week? Oh, man. Well, I had a ton of bad beats. Uh, as you know, I had the Bills. Uh, plus three and a half. Almost thought I was gonna get that miracle cover, but uh, of course, Perryman, our boy, had to score that long touchdown, declare it, had some uh bad player prop beats. But what can you do? I'm moving on. I feel like my process is sound. Um, so I'm gonna lick my wounds and just get ready to kick ass week 15. How was your week 14?
2: It was pretty middling. Um, I, you know, slightly above in the green on, um, on betting and you know, DFS was everyone kind of got messed up a little bit by some of the things that happened, but. Quarterback was particularly messy because uh, I had Dak and Lamar in cash games. That didn't go very well. No. Obviously. But uh, <laughs> yeah. overall, no, still had some good plays, um, had some Davis Mills and, and things like that in tournaments. So um, it kind of nice. evened out, but nice. not not as good as our, you know, top two finishing week. Uh, yeah, week it? 13 was yeah, that...
0: pretty good to us. Not
2: gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was, I mean, I felt like everyone either had a really good or really bad beat because it was like, I had yeah. the, I happen to have like get on the right side of most of them. I had the Ravens, Ravens. and the Niners, and yeah. so like I I happen to get like the good side of it. I did have the Bears who blew a,
0: a golden opportunity to cover. Uh, oh yeah, well <laughs> right, and the Ravens, um, it, it was almost a bad beat in that Lamar Jackson got hurt early on. Yeah, um, so in that regard, it was a miracle they came back to cover. But uh, yeah, it was kind of unfortunate that Lamar got hurt early on. But Huntley looked good. We'll talk about him obviously yeah. in the waivers section. Uh, but just real quick. I made the playoffs in all my fancy leagues, except for my dad's league that's been running for oh. years running. And it was my brother, Brian, and uh, I fighting for that uh, final spot. And my brother bested me. So congrats, Brian. Um, I'm going to have fun in the toilet bowl. I'm going to kick the mask there, but Brian made it to the playoffs. So congrats, Brian. Uh, you had a good fight. He has a really good team. We had a battle there, but he got me in the end. Oh, man. Yeah. Congrats to Brian, man. That's, uh, <laughs> that's great. All right. Hey, uh, let's
2: get on. To this Monday night showdown, we got the Rams and the Cardinals. So, looks like on paper, it should be a pretty good game. Captain spot looks like Sony Michelle, I think, is going to be a, a popular choice here, you know, with Henderson going on a COVID list. Uh, so, he's the guy I'm kind of looking at. And then, and then Hopkins, are you kind of thinking along the same lines? Obviously, you know, there's Murray and some other options, Cup as well. But
0: yeah, I mean, there's a ton of options uh, for this game. I think Cup is the, the no brainer one. Um, Same with Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray makes the most sense in terms of roster construction because, you know, he has three or four pass catchers you could easily make a case for in your flex. So I I like using Kyler in the captain slot, two or three pass catchers in the flex. Um, And his rushing upside, you know, his um, ability to score with his legs makes him, you know, a really good captain selection. I also like the idea of um, using James Connors, the captain, just he could single-handedly break the slate if he gets a couple touchdowns. He's nice leverage against Kyler Murray and all the pass catchers. So I like the idea of using a James Conner captain lineup. And then on the Ram side, I think, I, I don't know, is Odell Beckham going to be highly rostered or under rostered? Because I think he has the the potential to kind of break this slate. Um, you know, he's their main downfield threat right now. So he could catch, you know, long score and uh, break the slate in the captain slot. I just haven't got a good gauge on like, if he's going to be highly rostered or not, do you have any, I yeah, it's tough. That. I like, think
2: he I think the perception of him is a little bit down lately. So uh-huh. I, I wouldn't expect like there are just so many options as we're kind of alluding to that. I think Beckham is a good choice. Uh him, Van Jefferson, guys yeah. like that. Just because, like, if you look at like Kyra Murray, the reason I didn't mention him earlier is because he's so expensive and there's so many other expensive players on a slate that I almost feel like you have to go with one of his pass catchers. Um, if you're stacking If like the really the way Kyra's going to probably hit is if it's like him plus like Rondale Moore and, and, you know, like just like the, the, the more expensive receivers don't really go off at all. He just gets a lot of rushing scores or something like mm-hmm. that. So um, yeah, I, I think, I think Beckham will be somewhat highly rostered in the the, like regular spots, but I don't know yeah. about the captains, but I think that's exactly. a good spot to kind of go a little bit against the grain and save a little bit of salary. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. But uh, yeah, for me, I think I think Hopkins and Michelle are probably going to be my number one guys. I mean, Hopkins, you know, now is Jalen Ramsey on the COVID list? I mean, it's you know, that's it, there's nothing to really slow him down, I don't think. And then um, you know, Michelle, we've we've kind of seen you know what kind of workload he'll get um, here. And then you know, for the Rams, I mean, you know, but let's go into cheat codes because do we do we think they're going to go more four wide here? You know, is it like Ben Skaronik with, with Higby on the COVID list, or is it going to be? you know, with Bryson Hopkins and Kendall Blanton. Uh, I almost think they might go more four wide here with uh, with So I kind of like him at a at thousand. He he played a, a decent portion, about quarter of the passing downs in the last game. So uh, maybe that was because, you know, Beckham was kind of checking in and out, but uh, I, I have a feeling they might go four wide because I think Higby, you know, that absence was pretty uh, sudden. So I don't know if they really were able to game plan Know much else other than just kind of get the guys they've been having in practice out there, so and they have really not been playing Hopkins or Blanton on pass downs at all. So, uh, I don't know what do you think about this whole developing COVID situation? Yeah, that's
0: yeah, I think that's a great call actually with Skronik. I think they will run more four wide. Um, like you said, Blanton Hopkins, they haven't used them much, so I could see Skronik getting playing time. Um, we'll have to reevaluate that later. This is kind of a sudden news thing, but uh, yeah. I, I do like the idea of throwing out some Scronic lineups now.
2: Yeah. It's and this, like, to be clear, like as we record this, you know, we, we do this a few hours before the Monday night football matchup, you know, to kind of get you guys the waivers as quickly as possible and, 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 you know, get the preview of the Monday night game. And so like COVID news is kind of just trickling in as we record this. Um, so I don't know if Higby and Ramsey are even the only guys yeah. um, that may end up yeah. on the list. That's, those are just the two that I see along with Henderson who was added. Uh, I believe it was Saturday. Uh, to the list, so yeah, and, like, uh, and, and Rob Havenstein, the right, the right tackle. Oh, yep. Uh, yeah, he's on there as Havenstein. So yeah, it's it's a mess right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. Like Blanton and Hopkins could be close contact. They might yes. have no tight ends. We don't know, but either I think Ben Skronik found uh, some playing time tonight. Either way, and
2: uh, on the Cardinal side, uh, I, I'm guessing it's your guy Rondo Moore here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's he's like I think it's two two thousand in the showdown slate on on DraftKings, so. That seems like a great price for a guy who, you know, in any given night could finish as the most
0: uh, targeted Cardinal receiver. Absolutely. Rondale Moore all the way for me. Um, you know, the Cardinals are at full strength right now. He might not see over 50% routes run. Um, it's going to be hard for him to find targets, but they they do like to manufacture touches for him. And he's the kind of player that can score from anywhere on the field. So, you know, showdown slate like this, um, he's absolutely worth a flyer because he does have that upside. Um, but yeah, with the, the, like you said, with Deandre Hopkins at full strength, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a good game tonight, but how can he pass up more at that price? So you 2k, uh, he's, he's definitely one of my cheat codes and also like, uh, you know, taking a flyer or two on an Antoine Wesley, just because these one game showdown slates, you have to get unique. You have to have some wild cards and he's the guy. If either Deandre Hopkins, AJ Green, Christian Kirk, or Rondale Moore, you know, uh, Suffer an in-game setback; they sit out a couple drives or ruled out for the rest of the game. He's the guy that's going to step in, so he has that path uh, to viability. If any one of these receivers gets injured in game, so that's why I like taking a flyer in him. These slates, you kind of have to do that sometimes to take home first place. So I might have a lineup or two with Wesley in it. Yeah, and I should mention AJ Green as well
2: because he's. So the Rams play; they're one of the most zone-heavy defenses in the league, and Green is actually. Among all of the Cardinal uh, pass catchers, Green leads them in yards per route run versus zone coverage at 2.36, according to Pro Football Focus. So uh, this could be an A.J. Green game. His snaps have been scaled back a little bit mm-hmm. as the season progresses. So it's not, you know, you're still risking like a bagel, obviously, but we're talking we're talking tournaments here. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I just it's only, it always pops when I see uh, A.J. Green weeding anyone in anything. Uh, at <laughs> this, this point in his yeah. career so uh, all right let's get into our waiver segment and joining us for our week 15 waiver segment is samantha Praviti of the action network samantha what's going on
1: i'm doing great guys uh yeah just uh kind of recovering from some of the crushing upsets and losses that i had to deal with last week you know what someone didn't even set their lineup against me and i lost so i'm pretty disappointed <laughs>
2: Yeah, it was just what a what a week. I mean, I think you were telling me before the show that uh, Brock Wright had like a half a point more than Travis Kelsey or something, or a half a point less than Travis Kelsey this week. What a world! Yeah, well,
1: at least <laughs> that's, you the, know. that's the league that where the person didn't set their lineup. By the way, is where I have Travis Kelsey was my first overall. Person.
0: Oh wow! <laughs> well, at least you know Brock Wright was replacing T.J. Hawkinson. Like he had a role, but. Kyle Rudolph outscored Brock Wright and Travis Kelsey combined. So explain that to me. I can't. <laughs> okay. What are I we? God, I think Godwin Igwabuke just fumbles again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're just flexing the fact that you can pronounce his name and I can't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we had a game with Godwin Igwabuke versus Albert Okuebunam.
0: So, you know, it was, it was that kind and of. Albert, oh, yeah. Uh, I was thinking about, who what was his name? Dare Dare. Ogunbowale.
2: No, yeah. that's on the Jaguars. That's, that's a whole different game.
0: Yeah, I struggle with that one for
2: a couple of years. Not gonna lie. Well, he'll he'll be he'll be uh in the lineup replacing James Robinson at some point soon. I'm sure. You know. Thanks, to Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer likes it. Saying yes. that. <laughs> hey, it's Urban Meyer, man. I ah man, I, I I can't. Let's not even get it. We can't even get into. We'll, we we'll have get a whole separate pod
0: where we can yeah. just rant on Urban Meyer. Yeah, that's that's gotta be our
2: off season pod. Like it's not even gonna be analysis. It's just gonna be us ranting on all the dumb shit that happened in the NFL all year. <laughs> But for this week, uh, let's talk waivers. Let's talk quarterbacks. Samantha, uh, I'll start with you. Uh, the guys that kind of catch my eye, uh, Taysom Hill's right at 55% on Yahoo. So if he's out there, I think you want to pick him up, obviously. Uh, but the guys who catch my eye are Tua Tungavailoa, 32% against the Jets, uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo, 30% against the Falcons. Uh, how are you rating those three guys? And is there anyone else on your radar? Uh, that people should be picking up waiver-wise?
1: Yeah, Hill is for sure the standout of that group. He was the guy that I was talking about on Convince Me uh, and ended up having a great week, uh, 14. Uh, don't need a finger when you are putting up rushing yards like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if he's out there in your leagues, which he shouldn't be, but go pick him up. Um, he's by far the top pick for me. And then it's like a cluster of the next guys. Two at the Jets, Saints, and uh, Titans is a pretty good uh, next three weeks so i really like that they're coming off the bye um jimmy g also has a really soft schedule atlanta tennessee and houston on deck um and he's looked pretty decent over the last few weeks and then justin fields nice game in return from injury i think he's a decent streamer against the vikings and maybe uh ben roethlisberger possibly as another name to throw out there if none of those guys are available i would just throw that right back
2: it's like okay, somebody, right. somebody throws out the Ben Roethlisberger, and you, you like the. It's like when it's like a home run ball. It's at the road he, his stadium. You just throw it back. Like, He's like,
1: looked better. Like <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. The, <laughs> the numbers have been there. So yeah,
2: no. I mean, no. I I he'll probably go off this week because I think I dissed uh, Rashad Penny on this podcast last week, and he had the best game of his career. So uh, if, anyone who wants to pick up Ben Roethlisberger, you should do it. If you could
1: diss Uh, (laughs) James Robinson right now, that would be really good. (laughs) Uh, I
2: I wish. No, I I like James Robinson. I wish Urban Meyer would stop stop what he's doing. But uh, Sean, what about you? What do you think here? Uh, Samantha makes a really good point about Tua and Jimmy. Uh, You know, both of them, playoff schedule-wise, it's strong here. I I have Tua uh, in early projections ranked uh, a little bit above Jimmy. I I think Tua is in my top 10 uh, to start the week, and we have no running backs for the Dolphins, they're all on the COVID list. So we might get a Lamar Miller sighting this week for the Dolphins. So wow. uh, is Tua. Do you, do you have Tua above Jimmy as well, or are they kind of neck and neck?
0: Yeah, I do. I have Tua as my QB 10 right now. So, um, you know, he beats all these guys out. It's an easy matchup against the Jets. I think, you know, getting Devontae Parker back elevates his ceiling. He's, you know, Tua is kind of a high floor guy, but having Parker elevates the ceiling. He has Waddle, Mike Gusecki. So I love Tua this week. Um, and I still can't believe Taysom Hill is available in 50% of leagues. I don't know what's going on there. Um, granted, this is a tough matchup. You know, he's he's at Tampa Bay. I don't know if he's going to be fully recovered from his finger injury by then. He can't lean on his legs so much against the Buccaneers. So I wonder if we'll see some Trevor Simeon there if they get down. You know, they're 11-point underdogs. So I'm a little bit worried about Hill. He's still my QB 11, just based on his rushing upside, but I think he has a bit lower uh, floor this week. So I I think two is the best option there. And then, yeah, I love Jimmy G. Uh, He has been targeting George Hill at will. uh, And that's why we've seen Jimmy G go off. It'd be nice if he could start throwing passes to Debo Samuel and Debo stop taking rush attempts to the house. Um, So Jimmy G.'s ceiling is a lot higher than it has been these past couple weeks, but love him against the Falcons as well. And then, yeah, Tyler Huntley and deeper leagues got to add him. Um, You know, Vegas has, Green Bay has six and a half point favorites right now. So they, it looks like the market doesn't expect Lamar to play this week. Um, So I would add Huntley in deeper leagues. Uh, He operates, you know, almost the same offense as Lamar. So his rushing upside does give him QB one upside. So I would add him if you're in a pinch. Yeah, that's a good point
2: on Huntley. I mean, I I think I would still like fields over Huntley just because of the, there's more certainty that he's going to play. Whereas because the news is saying Baltimore is planning for Lamar to play obviously the market disagrees but the Packers are also like you know batting a thousand against the spread this year so their lines are always (laughs) inflated so I don't I don't know how to how to call it but that is a good point uh because the thing about Taysom this week like in my early projections he actually is below Jimmy and Tua um Mm -hmm. and you know there's more data to come in and things might shift they're all close but uh it is a tough matchup and if you can't You know, if you're relying on running against Tampa Bay, even at quarterback, it's still a tough defensive front to run against. And they play zone at one of the highest rates in the league. We always talk about it. So they're going to have the eyes toward the quarterback. It's not one of those defenses where the defensive backs are turning to run with the wide receivers. Not that the saints have wide receivers, but um, you know, it it might be one of those matchups where, yeah, it's just ugly for hell. So I kind of lean, I'm kind of leaning to, uh, at this point, I think Jimmy, he gets a big bump if Elijah Mitchell comes back, because then that takes Debo out of the backfield and puts him back into the uh, wide receiver mix.
1: I mean, Tua is QB 10 on a per-game basis since week six, averaging more fantasy points per game than Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. So that's just an indictment on this whole year of being yeah. a
2: joke. <laughs> that's why we love this, though. That's why we love yeah. it, man. You know, <laughs> like I, my, my favorite thing, like we have to do a recap pod of just like our favorite wild things that happened this year, because I think... It's hard to beat Cordero Patterson, like, top 10 fantasy weapon at, like, like at multiple that, positions. That's a top five story for sure. <laughs> yeah, like, Easily. maybe of all time. Of all time fantasy. All I mean. time? Fantasy. Huh. All time fantasy. Like, you know, it's right, it's right up there with the Kevin Ogletree blow up in week one that made, like, people start him for, like, the next five weeks when Who? he did nothing. Remember Kevin Ogletree? I guess was, that... Like, Cowboy, when he was on the cowboy, yeah, oh, he, he oh, yeah, had like this big was... week one one year, and then like people were thinking like he might be startable for like the next three four weeks before they figured out that he was never gonna have another big the game.
0: The Billy Volek Drew Bennett oh. playoff stretch <laughs> yeah. might be my favorite of all time because I I added those guys just randomly, and you know they were <laughs> Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill
2: for uh, like three
0: weeks and then never heard from him again. Basically. Billy
2: Volek, that's the that's the yeah
0: right there.
2: All right, let's we digress. Let's get into <laughs> running backs. Uh, I have to start by giving Rashad Penny props and apologizing for throwing dirt on his name. I said he was like my fifth, <laughs> fifth highest waiver priority. And he, of course, he goes out there and puts up a, a career game against the Texans. Uh, that's I mean, it, it's the Texans, so I guess we should expect okay. that. But uh, Sean, I'll start with you on this one, since <laughs> you were a little more bullish on Penny than I was. Uh, is he now at the top waiver pickup? He's 20 percent. Rostered. Uh, he's going to the Rams. So, completely different type of matchup yep. this week, going from like a nine point favorite to a seven point dog. Uh, so, I think it's a little dicier, but I'm, but I mean, you're competing with guys like Dearness Johnson with Kareem Hunt likely out. Um, you know, David Johnson maybe with, with Burkhead getting banged up or Royce Freeman. Who knows? Miami's going to probably be starting like a Lamar Miller or somebody they sign off the street, which if everyone remains out, I guess that would be the top pickup. But Uh, Is is it Penny right now for you as we record this on Monday?
0: Yeah, probably. But, you know, like I said last week, the only reason I like them is because I said it was a dumpster fire waiver wire week for running back. Week 13 was awesome. That was a holy grail. You shouldn't have any fab left over. You should have the last waiver priority. Week 13 was the time to splurge. Um, And, you know, Penny faced the Texans. That's why I like them. So I'm with you. Like this week, uh, I'm not as bullish. They're facing the Rams. Um, once they get AP back, this this could be a murky backfield. They still have Collins. You know who knows how they're gonna you know handle this going forward. But if you're in a desperate spot this week where you need a win, um, then you have to bid on him. But if you're sitting pretty for the playoffs, I, I wouldn't you know go, go on my way to get Penny just because it's so volatile. Um, and then all the other options like I can't get excited about Phil Lindsay. I just can't. Uh, I can't attack this Texans backfield. I just can't do it. And Craig Reynolds, I'm sorry, I can't do that either. So it's another really, really bad waiver wire, in my opinion. So if you're desperate, I think it's it's only Penny for me.
2: Uh, Samantha, I guess same question. Penny, well, I guess Penny is the obvious. So we don't have to spend any more time on him. But after him, because you know there might there's going to be a lot of competition for Rashad Penny. Like is I I guess it's Deernest Johnson. Oh yeah. Um, you know, Kareem Hunt's looking likely out. Is that kind of how you're feeling, or is there somebody else catching your eye?
1: Yeah, I would say Dearness Johnson and Rashad Penny are kind of in that same tier. Uh, Johnson is only 13% rostered right now, and we've seen him perform when that backfield was shorthanded in the past. Uh, then there is a colossal drop off to the next tier of guys. You can roll the dice on any of the, uh, Philadelphia running backs, if you so please. Boston Scott at 22% rostered. Jordan Howard at 8% rostered. Kenny Gainwell at 13% rostered. Um, Not really interested in any of those guys or like the Chargers guys. Um, It's not looking like Austin Eckler's injury is super serious, though. If we're getting towards Thursday and like it looks like he may not play or maybe on kind of a snap count, I may add Justin Jackson kind of like after the waivers run. So Those are the kind of like the guys that would be piquing my interest, like not too much interest in like the Texans backfield or Craig Reynolds. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I do
2: think the Texans backfield is is worth at least thinking about because they play the Jaguars. Right. So like this could be a positive game script for him. And that's why I'm also interested in whoever Miami signs off the street because uh, Gaskin, Lindsay and uh, Salvan Ahmed are all on the COVID list. They all three could end up missing given just given the close contact situation, which means, they probably, you know, I know Duke Johnson's on the practice squad, but I, I believe those guys go to the same meetings, you know, because they're practicing with the team. Mm-hmm. So it, this could be a situation where, like, if Lamar Miller is signed off the street, he could get, like, 15, 20 touches uh, for this team. So <laughs> is, that is, I think that is something to monitor because they play the Jets at home, right? So it's, like, the yeah. same kind of situation as Petty last week. It's, like, you're going against a really bad team. It doesn't really matter, you know, what other, what other situation is. You're probably going to need to give the running back 20 to 25 touches Somehow. So uh, I would I would monitor that Miami situation and and yeah, you know, monitor the Texan situation uh, with Johnson Freeman Burkhead banged up. If Johnson's back, I think he may be in for a big workload against Jacksonville uh, this week. All right. Let's go to wide receiver and bunch of names. I'll just kind of throw out. Uh, there's, you know, a lot of options under 50 percent. So, uh, Samantha, I'll start with you here. Devonte Parker, forty-five percent; Sterling Shepard, twenty-seven percent. Uh, Parker's against the Jets. Shepard's against Dallas. K.J. Osborne, thirty-eight percent at Chicago. Laquan Treadwell, one percent owned, going up against the Texans. He's the Jaguars' number one wide receiver at this point. Uh, Rashad Bateman came back from the dead to to put up a hundred-yard game. He's at thirty-six percent against Green Bay this week. Uh, and then some of the lesser names, probably deeper league guys, but Josh Reynolds is still under ten percent. He faces Arizona. Gabriel Davis. At 3%, uh, Sanders got hurt last game. Uh, he's going against Carolina. You got Jakeem Grant coming off the huge game. Sure, he's earning himself more time. Uh, 1% against Minnesota. And Nico Collins finally starting to break out. Uh, he's also 1%. So uh, what, which of those guys kind of catches your, your eye the most in terms of the priority uh, to add this week?
1: Uh, we are really just twisting the knife on Minnesota fans with the Laquan Treadwell comment yeah, and Cordero Patterson yeah. earlier. <laughs> but um, I would say I would go with Devonte Parker at forty-five percent. He's got the best matchup against the Jets, and then they have the Saints in Titans. After that, um, he caught five of five for sixty-two yards in his return. Um, I really like KJ Osborne as well, so I would put them in kind of in like the same tier. Looking like Adam Thielen will probably miss at least another game with a high ankle sprain, not. Uh, official yet, but 38% rostered. So he's out there and a lot of leagues. I actually picked him up in like every league that I could last week and started him in every league that I could. So uh, he scored in back-to-back games. Um, And then, yeah, there's kind of a drop-off to the next tier of guys. I would say like Amon Ra maybe in uh, PPR leagues because he's got, you know, two games in a row with exactly 12 targets. So we're definitely seeing him get peppered with targets though. We could see that drop off a little bit with TJ Hawkinson, maybe coming back this week. Rashad Bateman, 100 yard game. Um I don't even know if he's like doing better because of Tyler Humley in uh in there but uh Kendrick Bourne at 31% possibly. I feel like the Colts run defense is really tough. So Jones may need to like air it out a little bit. And then yeah, I like Gabe Davis. One guy I'm just going to say I don't want anything to do with is Robbie Anderson. Um, he's just <laughs> like as a Carolina Panthers fan, like I can't I can't fall into this like honey pot here. So he's just a guy that he's like a zombie he comes out of nowhere to just drop a like really big game and then you'll never see him again for like the next five games
2: yeah kind of like the panthers quarterback yes <laughs> uh, we uh, might get
1: sam darnold this week so. oh yeah you,
2: you need it i've never thought i i never thought i would say this but you really need him <laughs> you really oh my need goodness.
1: It. <laughs> like PJ Walker, please just stop. You know, I don't watch the game. I watch red zone and I never see them on red zone. So kind of works out. And yet, and yet they still didn't go under last
2: yesterday. So yeah, I'm salty about that. But uh, <laughs> Sean, uh, same question for you, Parker, Shepard, Osborne, Treadwell, Bateman, Reynolds, Davis, Grant, Collins, which one of those guys are, which number of those guys are you looking at the most?
0: I think uh, Devonte Parker is the clear uh, favorite target for me. I mean, he's put up solid numbers whenever he's been active this year. The problem has being you know active, but he's had four more catches in every single game this year. Um, I feel like he's to his main red zone target. So love Parker's like four end ceiling combo right now. So he's my top pick. Uh, I'm surprised that Amon Ross St. Brown's available in what 88% of leagues right now. I don't know what's going on there, but he should be rostered in most leagues. Um, especially like Samantha said, PPR leagues, he just provides a high floor. Although with TJ Hawkinson likely coming back this week, you know, I wouldn't expect eight eight catches again this week. Um, KJ Osborne, again, if Adam Thielen's ruled out, love him as like a wide receiver four flex kind of play. But I think the guy with the most upside is fantasy flex favorite, Gabe Davis, because, you know, if Manuel Sanders, if this knee injury keeps him out this week, Gabe Davis has, you know, wide receiver three plus upside, Just whenever one of these starting wide receivers is out, he's going to have wide receiver upside, and he hasn't had an opportunity this year, so it could finally be this week. Although we will have to monitor Josh Allen's toe injury. Um, If Josh Allen's you know can't suit up, I'm going to be off Gabe Davis. But if Josh Allen's you know he's unable to run, he's going to just throw more. And Emmanuel Sanders is out. You know, Gabe Davis has wide receiver two kind of upside. So I think for me, if I'm swinging for the faint uh, the fences this week, it's Gabe Davis for me.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know even. Before Sanders got hurt, Gabe Davis was in on that last pivotal play against new England, where they were in the red zone. They took Sanders out and put Davis in. So I think he was kind of trending up a little bit uh, prior, but uh, for me, I think it's, it's Parker a clear number one. I would say Treadwell is a clear number two. I mean, so Laquan Treadwell would be the second guy for me. He's got three straight games of four catches and 50 plus yards. He's running just as many routes as, as Marvin Jones and more routes than, with viscous and so he's essentially the jaguars like one either number one receiver or one b to marvin jones at this point and they're playing the texans texans have had a pretty decent pass defense but um if you can get you know four catches or more from anyone at this time of the year i think if you need it you take it here a lot of these other guys are kind of like high upside low floor i think fredwell gives you somewhat of a floor at this point just because there's really not a lot of guys to catch passes on the Jaguars. I mean, their tight end is, is done for the year. And Dan Arnold, uh, you know, Chenault isn't really getting playing time. Jones is really struggling to, to consistently get targeted, especially against zone coverage. So, yeah, I, I think it's Treadwell is that, is that number two for me. Bateman, it's just too tough to know his snap counts. I mean, one game he plays like under 40% of the snaps. The next game he's up 60. So uh, it's just a little too hard. But, but I do agree with Gabe Davis. I think if, if Sanders is out and Allen's playing, uh, he's, he's essentially what Sanders was with probably more upside uh, because he's younger. And at this point, I just think a little more talented. Yeah,
0: right. I like the, I like the, uh, Treadwell call and I think Urban Meyer designs plays for him to get open where he has, Chenault, you know, collide into another receiver. So Treadwell is the only, uh, upright wide receiver. So that's probably why he's getting catches, but that'd throw it out there. More Urban Meyer slander.
2: Uh, yeah, good article on nfl.com by Tom Pelicero. <laughs> if uh, you want to dive into it, I was loving that because I knew I just, I could see this going wrong like from the jump. So, uh, it feels good to to at least know what you're talking about sometimes. But, uh, let's close it out with tight ends. Rough week for tight ends. Uh, Sean, I mean, Tyra Conklin's still under 50% rostered, he's going against Chicago. Uh, if Thielen's out, I guess you know, that's an option. Chicago's been pretty good against tight ends, uh, for most of the year, though. Uh, and then Gerald Everett. against the Rams. Revenge game for him. Uh, Those are really the two guys that stuck out. Um, Do you like any of those guys uh, or uh, looking at somebody else?
0: Uh, Tyler Conklin, for me, I think, you know, he disappointed last week, uh, only catching two balls for 20 yards, I believe, against the Steelers. But if feelings out again, you know, Conklin's going to be on that tight end one-two fringe. Um, So I look for him to bounce back. Everett, not too excited about him. I mean, he got two catches for 15 yards and a touchdown. He just seems a little too touch on dependent right now. But again, we're kind of scraping at the bottom of the barrel here. I think I'd rather go with a guy like James O'Shaughnessy uh, just because he, he might have a higher floor and Brevin Jordan. We've been talking about him yeah. a lot the past couple of weeks. I, I just think if you're going that deep at tight end, go with the highest upside. I think Brevin Jordan has the highest upside. He's looked really good and Texans are sort of in evaluation mode right now. So I, I think his upside is probably higher than ever right now, but um, I, I don't like any of these guys at the bottom. so. It's Conklin all the way for me. Beth, what about you?
1: Yeah, I'm going to trust the process here with Conklin as a guy that I was recommending last week as well. Disappointing two of two targets for 20 yards. Uh, But to your point, if Thielen misses this game, I still think he could see more targets. Everett would probably be next, but it's like, he's not exciting. And then there's like a whole group of guys that are just like, they had good games like Alberto, but I don't think that the, that's like something that we can expect to replicate all the time. Austin Hooper, I would say maybe if Harrison Bryant and Dave Njoku missed the game again for COVID yeah. and injury reasons, I would definitely say that Hooper would be a good add at 41% rostered. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's not a good week for tight end or, or running back for that matter.
2: Yeah. It's tough out there. But uh, Conklin is the only guy in my early projections. He's in the top twelve, and then Everett's, I think, sixteenth. So it just kind of got to roll with Conklin. That's assuming Theven's out. If he's not, then uh, it all bets are off. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. For this show, we'll do Monday Night Football. So Sean, start us off with your Prize Pick Elite Entry for the Monday night matchup between the Los Angeles Rams and Arizona Card?
0: So I'm going with DeAndre Hopkins to go under five receptions. Uh, And to be fair, I'm kind of bullish on Hopkins tonight and the rest of the season, but five receptions is a bit too high. So I'm uh, because you know, they have Christian Kirk, AJ Green, Rondale Moore, Zach Ertz, there's a lot of options in the passing game now. Um, But you know, I'm projecting Hopkins for 4.8 receptions. So I think, you know, landing on five receptions uh, could happen, but that's a push in this case. But the so I have the, the chance of him going four or less at 47 percent and six or more receptions just at 35 percent. So I think there's a 57 percent edge on the under. And granted, like I said, it finishes with five. It's a push. I just think there's too much uh, value on the under here.
2: Yeah, it's been, you know, there's been a lot more competition for catches this year with the Cardinals getting Zach Ertz and Ron, drafting Rondale Moore. So uh, they do have, uh, you know, guys to kind of take take away some some production from Hopkins. So yeah, I have him going slightly under that number uh, as well. For my prize pick elite entry for Rams Cardinals, I'm going with Cooper Cup over 88 and a half receiving yards. Uh, this line is, is kind of hilarious to me because he did go under in the first matchup. He had 64 yards. So from that perspective, I get it. But guess what? He's gone over this number in every single other game. So he's been over this number in 11 of 12 games. Uh, I I think you take your chances with this one. I haven't projected for just under 100 yards receiving. So I'm still showing about 10 yards of value on this number of 88 and a half. Uh, he's been in the 90s at least in every other game. And I don't think you can weigh that first, you know, that first matchup is like uh, more than 11 games that he's played to date. Like maybe you give it a little more weight and that still doesn't bring you down from his median, which is like a hundred <laughs> to the 88 and a half. So I love this uh, over Tyler Higby also ended up on the COVID list. So uh, that may even, you know, give a, a fraction of a few more targets to cup because whoever they replaced Higby within the lineup, uh, is unlikely to to command, you know, any kind of scheme plays uh, or a high amount of targets per route run. So, love Cooper Cup over 88.5 receiving yards against the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I'm right there with you, about 78 yards over this, just for his <laughs> median. And that's, I haven't even updated the projections with Higby out, so I'm guessing it's going to be over 10. It's still at 88. If you're listening to this, go take over 88.5 immediately.
2: Yeah. I, yeah, I would take this <laughs> probably, till like 96 and a half to be honest like this is yeah this is way low all right that's gonna do it for our prize pick elite entries for today as a recap sean is going with wide receiver deandre hopkins under five receptions and i'm going with wide receiver cooper cup over 88 and a half receiving yards as a reminder prize picks markets do move so you want to get on it fast in order to lock in the best numbers if you have not created a prize picks account yet Check out the link in our episode description, and they will match your first deposit up to $100. Or you can visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. All right, now back to the show. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for our Week 15 Fantasy Flex Waiver Podcast presented by Prize Picks. Samantha, thank you for joining us. Uh, tell the people what you're up to and where they can find you.
1: Thanks for having me again, guys. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at SamanthaNFL. And you can find all my written work on ActionNetwork.com. And uh, I'm on this podcast three times a week. I guess this will be the last time three times a week, but yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, thank you again for joining us, Samantha. Uh, As you guys know, you can find Sean on Twitter at The Underscore Oddsmaker. You can find me at Chris Raybon, And you can find us at those same handles in the free award-winning Action Network app. Be sure to check actionnetwork.com for our fantasy football content rankings projections and fantasylabs.com for our dfs content tools and models until next time get this money